Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. It's just one half of Made by Mamas today. It's me, Georgia. I'm back! (laughs) Although, actually, you might not even have noticed that I've gone because we haven't really had a break from the podcast at all. But in this episode, I actually, I'm not there. Um, Zoe took this solo while I was in Abu Dhabi with the kids. Um, We had a lovely half term and I think... It's a weird one. I think now we've got to the age where they're almost four and seven. We actually do get a break and you do actually get to fully switch off. So I'm hoping you've had a lovely half term as well. Or if your kids are still at nursery, then you won't have done. Or if they're not at nursery, then this might be something that you'll have to look forward to in the next couple of years. But yeah, I really feel like I've properly switched off. Um, And when this goes out, the kids will be back to school and I'll probably be listening to it with you. Um, I mean, I'm planning on going for a run tomorrow and maybe I'll listen then, but we'll see. That might not happen. I might just be listening with a cup of tea instead. Um, But I'm really looking forward to it. And I was actually really gutted to miss this one because it's a guest we've wanted to have on for so long. Um, We love her social media content, all the documentaries she's done over the years. Yeah, I mean, she's really been someone that we've wanted to have a chat to Um, and so I'm really excited to listen and I hope you are too. I'll just leave it at that because I want to get on and listen to the episode as well. Zoe is going to be chatting to the incredible Cherry Healy. So welcome to Tuesday's episode of the podcast, taking it solo today because George is tanning herself in Abu Dhabi. She's uh, actually no longer part of the podcast. I just haven't told her yet. Uh, talking to us today, very, very excited to see this amazing woman. Um, she is one of the most well-known TV presenters here in the UK. She's mum to two. Uh, she's a women's health advocate. She's uh, like fashion guru now I've seen on Instagram. Her Get Ready With Me videos absolutely nail it. Today we're talking to Cherry Healy. Oh, so oh my gosh, it's so nice to see you again. How are you? I'm very well. How are you doing? I'm so sorry we're not also sunning ourselves, but you know, we're doing work, good work. Yeah, we someone has got to pay the bills. Right. Yeah. You look um very kind of relaxed and chilled and very might like a bit more half termy than me currently. Well, my kids are away with their dad and have been for five days. So I have had the most luxurious time. I didn't go away. I had the option of going away. I thought, no, I'm just gonna stay here. Been getting up, going to the gym doing work in a really peaceful, calm way, spending the afternoon in parks and going swimming in the river. And I've been paddleboarding and then getting really early nights and doing the same thing. I honestly, it's like before I had kids. It's refreshing. Anyway, so that's why I look fresh because I'm well slept, well fed and well exercised. 
This is great. Well, you do look really, really relaxed. Normally we say to our guests, like, how are you? How was your morning? And there's a conversation around trying to get the, their kids out the door to do the school runs or, you know, yeah. they haven't really slept because they've had a baby that they've been you know, feeding all night long. But yeah, you do look very zen. Is life good? It's really good at the moment. I mean, they are coming back this evening at 6pm, so I'm ready. <laughs> I did a big shop this morning and I miss them and I can't wait for them to come back. But I'm definitely not one of those mums where if the kids go away, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm kind yeah. of the opposite where if the kids go away with their dad, who's divine, um, I stand in the kitchen. I'm like, what treat shall I do for myself now? Oh. Do I swim, exercise, go and meet my friends, watch films you know that feeling of and I've had five whole days and it is really lovely how do you sleep when they're not in the house fucking like a baby do you the only thing that I do I actually really love doing the school run because I love the structure of it Mm. you know my alarm goes six in the morning you've got to get out of bed you've got to get prepped you've got to get everything ready there's no question so and I love it because then I'm I'm ready to start my day at 10 to 8 when my son goes to school yeah and actually, when he's not there, it takes a lot more discipline to stop snoozing. And I love my bed and I'm, I love sleep. So I love, you know, that thing when you get out of bed, make yourself coffee and then you all snuggle back in. So I have to be really, I have to be quite disciplined. But I sleep really well. Um, I love having the house myself. I walk around naked. I hang out with my cats. I watch films. I make nice food. Yeah, I'm very good at being on my own. Is the naked thing just a, I'm fucking free. I can do what I like. Or is it is it part of some sort of well-being thing that you do? <laughs> no, it's not. I should really say that it is. Sometimes I just, you know, if you wake up, if I've slept in the nuddy and I want to make a coffee, I just walk downstairs. It is freeing. Feels really, feels really nice just to potter about a bit naked. It's lovely. There was a debate. There was a debate on Good Morning Britain today, and um, you know Nikki, don't you? One, yeah, one of our friends who, he, he, one of my mates, he used to be a presenter. Oh, he still is a presenter, but he kind of does these debates. And there's a thing going on saying now that they're going to make it illegal to sunbathe naked in public so that can be like an arrestable offense and I'm a bit like no because I love bodies in all shapes and sizes and I think if you've got the confidence and it's giving you something then who are we to say you know come on mate get down the nick I absolutely agree I think you know we've all got bums and we've you know I I had um I I once I'm not gonna tell that story um no you are I started now I was with someone who was very very private and they used to like shut all the curtains and I'd be wanging about you know naked they'd be like what if the neighbors see and I used to say well fine I have a bum yeah they have one too it's so exciting and I just don't really care because it's just a body I'm not ashamed of it it does it does the trick it gets me about you know gets me about I'm really grateful for it every day it's not that exciting we over sexualize everything and children can see porn and only founders of you know all these things I know. Yet sunbathing naked in the park is to be made illegal. Listen, if you are pleasuring yourself in the park, stop that. Yeah. Or if you've got a big trench coat on in the park and you're, you know, doing the flashing thing, then obviously that's not good. But, you know, just lying there, enjoying yourself, working on your tan or whatever you're doing. I agree. I mean, in in France, you know, in France and Spain, people sunbathe naked all the time and no one bats an eyelid. But because we've created this shroud of shame, it's more exciting. But actually, I think... I think it's a shame, actually. I think kids don't grow up looking at normal bodies. Do you walk around naked in your house? Oh, my God, 100%. We've got a proper naked house going on. But at the moment, my mum's staying from Kenya. So I've had to have the conversations with with Dozza saying, the T-shirt, no pants thing, that is not okay. (laughs) It's not okay generally, but it's also definitely not okay when I've got my 75-year-old mother staying in the attic. I also have an issue on holiday when, like sometimes in Ibiza, you see see kind of older men um, and and they've 
they live they live there that you know all their all their tourists but they like to be naked and they're wearing sandals they're carrying a tote bag and they have no clothes on that I have a slight issue with that's your very very stylish woman I love your get ready with me videos too um love them all and I feel like you're, we've got I love your style that you don't like their style there's nothing about the that's nothing about their nakedness I'm just not sure whether I'm ready to see a tote bag without clothes <laughs> You know, that's where it comes from. Um, so you've got two kind of older kids, I guess, in comparison to, mm. to me and George, 12 and nine. We've got in order, 10 is a, is my eldest, Eileen. We've got 10, uh, nearly seven, six, five, and Gigi, who's George's, is three. Oh so between gosh, us, we've got five. Oh, wow. You've got a gang. I come from quite a big gang. I've got three brothers, which once you know, that explains pretty much everything about me. It's, it's, it's my identity as having three brothers. So I've come from a big gang and I love it so much. I'm so glad that you've got a nest. My older brothers and my half brothers, but we grow up together as 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 norm, you know as one talk, talk to us about that because I, I guess growing up with brothers is very different I only know growing up with an older sister and I think it's interesting that you you know that you have brothers and that you've gone into doing you know the investigative journalism work that you've done you know in your tv career do you think it's got anything to do with that yeah I, and there's just no the, the older I get the more I see how my upbringing has informed my life and they are such a huge part of it. You know, we spent so long together. Uh, sometimes, and I honestly, say I begged for a sister. I, I wished every day for a sister. But then I went to all girls boarding school when I was 11. And I was like, whoop, whoop. And so I got, I didn't just get a sister. I got this gang who are now all my close. I've got five really close girlfriends. And we're like, they're like my lady family. Oh God, I love them so much. And now the best thing ever has happened, which is, my 13-year-old daughter has become not she's not my sister and she's not my best friend she's my daughter and I rule the roost and but don't tell her but it's like having a sister she's 13 and she's like one of my favorite people to hang out with she wants to go paddleboarding watch sci-fi movies and eat nando's oh my, all my favorite things she's really mellow she's really lovely to hang out with she's really funny she comes down she's all like in my clothes she's gone upstairs she's put all my hoodies on and Secretly, I'm thinking, my God, it's like, it's just wonderful. Do, do, do you battle with that? Because I can see there's a little bit of resistance, like the fact that you came out and said, oh, she's, you know, she's my daughter. She's not my best friend, she's not my sister. Is that something that you want to very much try and get right? Absolutely. I think about it a lot. I think that boundaries are really important when it comes to parenting. I don't want her to think that I'm her best friend. I don't want her to think I emotionally lean on her, socially, emotionally, financially, ever. She's her own person. I also think when you're little, if you feel like your parents are not semi in control, obviously she's seen me being vulnerable and I talk about issues I'm having, but there is a line. She doesn't know about, you know, if I'm dating, she doesn't know about that. If there's any romantic situation, she won't know about that. I think there's got to be a line where they feel safe and they feel looked after. And there's someone also to look up to, right? In a scary world, I want her to feel like if I go to mummy for advice, is it going to be rational, reasonable, logical, wise, fair and balanced? That's it. And so my behavior with her is natural and fun. And I hope she really loves my company. But 
there is a line at which I'm I'm in I'm in charge, and I, I think that helps her to feel safe. I think that's what happens. Are we really going to end up fucking them up? I mean, we just don't know, do we? Until it happens, we're all guessing. It's like I'm going to try this tactic on you first, child, and see if it works. Did um, is this something that you are, I guess, much more aware of because of your own upbringing, relationship with your mother? Yes, my mum is divine. She's like, I don't know, she's, she's a pocket rocket. She's, oh, I can't remember, seven, mid-70s, walks like 20,000 steps every day. She's got this little bob and she's adorable. And But she's always kept a boundary with me. So we talk about everything. She's a really wise counsel. She's very kind, incredibly unjudgmental. You can take things to her. But she would never be like, oh, can I come out with you on a Saturday night? And she would never... She's in control and I've really appreciated that because in a in a world when we know really sad, really scary, really tragic things happen. Yeah. It is very comforting to have that role, have that have that person in your life. And I want to have that for my for my daughter. And just going back to your point with with brothers, I think they have informed, they've really informed who I am because to do the work that we do, I think you've got to be quite tenacious right? Because, you know, you and I work on contracts and we have to be quite gung-ho and quite confident. But thanks to them, I am i don't take myself too seriously, whatever that means. You've got a great sense of humour, you have. You know, you know, when you're in the public eye, you can get a real sense of, you can get an overflated, inflated sense of yourself. And that can lead to bad things and you can your ego can get out of control. That doesn't happen with three brothers. It's not possible because they will take you down. And I've grown up with people taking the piss out of me for everything. If you get a word wrong, you know, I've, I've had every nickname under the sun. So there's no, I, don't, I can't imagine a world where I'm ever going to think that I'm kind of a big deal because this will be beaten out of me. And I'm very grateful for that. Little things like I would never, ever... Google myself ever because because I just like they they've instilled in me a sense of really like really know like who you are they'd rinse you basically if, if they found out you'd ever Google yeah Christmases you know birthdays be a nightmare for you so I'm that's where I think they've informed that's where I think they've informed who I am yeah and and I guess you've given them so much as being you know their sister oh, yeah it's... I'm the voice of reason to their shenanigans they need me god they'd all die without me no yeah they uh, they uh, yeah they're lovely I mean they make me laugh and cry all at the same time I often think that I've got a son Kit and he's got two older sisters and I think what an amazing like amazingly lucky little boy he is because he's got these great powerful strong big sisters who are going to really guide him and hopefully he'll have that real sensitive you know intuitive emotional side to him maybe because of the you know, female influence, but also because of his dad being such an empath. I think he's got a great setup to be not a twat. I think you can tell who has got older sisters. I've just been, I've just, um, I dated someone recently and and they've got older, got an older sister. And I could just, you could tell he was just really emotionally intuitive and understood the, you know, understood how to manoeuvre in like an like a relationship. Can we talk about um, you, you, you and your sort of big life parenting moments? Because you have been through a lot of them. You've been very vocal about your perimenopause, which I want to come on to a little bit later on. But you've obviously dropped in a couple of times, you know, that your kids don't know who you're dating. So take take us back. And if anything is off limits, just stay. Um, take us back to you meet, you know, you meeting the father of your children and and that that kind of time in your life and how it evolved. So I was really lucky because and I don't normally talk about my marriage or divorce so I'll skip over it fairly quick but I was really lucky to 
meet someone who's just like the nicest man in the world, fairest, kindest, loveliest person. So wonderful, wonderful father. Um, the relationship didn't work out for various reasons, but uh, I've been very, very blessed. I feel like I've won the lottery because he's just a lot heaven, like a heavenly person. We kind of co-parent the kids really peacefully. We both work really hard to not point score or to create drama, very low drama, both of us. Um, look after each other. Yeah, so I feel really grateful. And then, so after that, I had a, I had a two-year relationship with a gorgeous Costa Rican man, which was really fun. What was it like getting back onto the dating scene as a, as a mum of two? How was that? Had it changed? Had the dating scene changed since you were last there? When you separate from someone, it's not like you're having this amazing relationship and then you're like, oh, I'm going. You know, that relationship has often left the... But when people leave relationships that relationship's been gone for a long time you know I I knew you know relationship when relationships break up it's really 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 difficult I don't want to paint a perfect picture but it's really hard Amy Poehler once said it's like throwing everything you have in your life up into the air and just going oh god where's it all going to land it's huge yeah so when I started dating I was really I was really ready for a relationship and I before when I got before I got married, there hadn't been online dating. There'd been a bit, and I'd you know you done you do like the Times online dating on a website. But I, you know, I thought, gosh, this is quite fun actually. So I did a bit of online dating. I met someone really fast. Went out with them. It was just it was just lovely. You know, you you fall for someone again, and you put on fat. You know, you put on your. I, I tell you what, I really did. I really found my femininity again because with kids and you know, socks and laundry. And I was working really hard. I was making loads of programs. So I was, I was really um, practical. I was in very practical mode, but I grew my hair long and I started wearing makeup again. And I started putting pretty dresses on and really found my femininity and started to find, you know, remember that I have like a body and it's like, I like to be kissed and all those things, you know, like a sunflower that's a bit like that. It was like, it was just looking like looking back up to the sun and you remember yourself you know dating is I keep it very separate from my home life sure I it's it's you it's for you and it's just for you you know when you're a parent so much of your life is based around what they need it's the childcare and it's food and it's talking and it's availability and it's everything you give your heart and soul whereas I found dating to be a really and you're meeting people from completely different so- socials setting and it's just for you. And it's really fun. And you go out for dinner and you eat tapas on the river and it's all like, mm. You eat tapas. I love that. Because when you're, when you're married and you're a mother, you just never eat it. But then when you go out on a date, people go, why don't we go for tapas, I imagine. And you're like, yeah, sure. Great. Sounds great. Small plates. Let's share them. No little hands coming in and grabbing. Yeah. I, I was watching, apologies for the programme that I was watching, um, that I was watching Selling Sunset, although I do love it. No guilt, no guilt here. This was when Chriselle was going out with um, one of the guys that owns a brokerage. Anyway, she said they went out lingerie shopping. She then just started dating him. They were together for like a couple of months and she was like, they were going around this lingerie shop and they were holding up this sexy lingerie and she was like, I'd like to come out in, in one of these at least four times a week for him. And she was like, you know, you can always tell, can't you? You know, the outfit that you wear to bed. And I was thinking outfit. I literally wear like an off-white vest with a pair of like shorts that are too small. And I'm thinking, fucking hell, my poor husband. Like I used to be really aware of my underwear game at night. And I used to sometimes even come out and do some sort of weird trying to be sexy thing. But I haven't done it for such a long time. 
It really highlighted that to me. And how did that change your behaviour or did you just go back to your T-shirt again? Well, the other night I just slept in a thong. I really, really went for it and decided to do a bit of skin on skin. So it did weirdly stay with me. And how did it go? Did that... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't have an issue with that. If you know my husband, he's literally like, right, it's every other day. And I'm like, please fucking leave me alone. Every other day, it's just ridiculous, you know? You know what? Sex is really important in a relationship. It's often a barometer for how things are going. And I hate to say that, but it's really important. You don't always feel like having sex, but it also there's something mystical that happens when you have sex with someone, you're in a long-term relationship. Yeah. It cleans, it clears the decks. It stops you nitpicking with each other. There is something really spiritual about sex together so it's not just that it feels good but it's really important in terms of your bond and your connection with each other and I really just want to highlight anybody listening to this podcast who you know because we do we do these wonderful Q&A's on a Friday and we get a lot of people messaging that you know it's been months and months and they're really struggling to get back you know to that place with their partner so it is really hard obviously our kids are a little bit older and we're really working on it at the moment but if you're not having sex with your partner you know it does come back and it can come back but you really need to like you give so much to your children and like you give so much to your job or whatever it is you do it is a job and you do have to put effort into it absolutely but I I didn't realize it, it, it is important and actually there are there are experts that can help there's books you can read there's things you can do but um it can be lovely again it can be really lovely again I, I agree with you there's a pause after you have kids naturally my gosh like get away from me but don't resign yourself thinking, oh, this is just what married life is like, because I really think that it's not healthy for most people. Some people, they don't care at all. But if it's something you mind about, I use, you know, don't gaslight yourself. If it's important to you, then get help because there's loads of help. And it's it's not just fun, but it's it's very bonding. I completely agree. Do you think you learned from your marriage in that respect? Was that something that wasn't became a non-negotiable? I think I've learned it in years later that... Um, like how fun it is again you know it's really good fun and it's really important and I had a after my two-year relationship I had a, a six-year relationship with an absolute dream boat like this gorgeous lovely man and, and we had a fantastic lovely relationship I thought gosh you know my I'm 40 I'm you know approaching 40 I'm I'm 42 now but I'm I like sex more than ever now because I'm comfortable with my body and I know what I like and I can communicate so the idea that it's something we should forget or or that you know as we as we get into our 40s no it's it's better than ever how, how do you become more sexually confident I think you've got to start with yourself I think you've got to start with yourself you've got to know your body you've got to feel your body you've got to not be afraid of um learning about your body yeah I think it's got it's got to start with come from it's like an inside job I think mm. and obviously going through you know, perimenopause, you've started the symptoms, you've been very open and honest about that. Talk talk us through, you know, that period, which happened, what, a couple of years ago, you started noticing? I'm always a really good sleep. I love sleep, sleep through the night, really, it's not, it's not a problem I have to contend with, thankfully. But then about two years ago, I started waking up at four in the morning, wide awake, and with a horrible, what I think, you know, not a panic attack, but a wave of anxiety that almost left me breathless and I didn't know what it was and I thought I know there was a situation in my life that was really on my mind and was worrying me and I thought maybe it's that maybe it's that and it just it got to the point where it was so bad I used to get scared before I went to bed I thought oh no is that going to happen again no word and it was happening a lot 
And I didn't tell anyone, I didn't talk to anyone about it. And it just went on and on and on. It was making me feel groggy and tired and, and was really affecting my life. And, and then I was making a program for Channel 5 called Women's Health Breaking the Taboos. So what was happening with me, I believe is that my progesterone was starting to decline and that was affecting my, that's your sleep, that's your calm, it's your balance. So that's what I think was happening because my situation that was causing me to be concerned changed and rectified and and it kept on happening. And I was feeling peaceful and happy and circumstantially there's nothing in my life that I needed to be nervous about really, but it kept happening. And so I was making this bloody program, speaking to experts all day long, and I still didn't put two and two together. And it was only when the show finished and I was still having fucking waking up and like so stressed and so anxious. And sometimes I'd have an anxious morning, like for no reason, just like. <gasps> ragey, really ragey. Really just so worried about something. And I thought, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> I'm perimenopausal. That's what it is. But I thought I'm way too young. There's no way I can, but you know, I'm for, in my forties. That's not too young. And so I spoke to someone at Holland and Back because I was working with them at the time on this health thing. And I said, what can I do? And so they, they, this person took me through a list of things. They were like, right, you need to really watch how much alcohol you drink. You need to take these supplements. You need to do this, this, and this magnesium. So I did everything to the letter and it's kind of stopped. Occasionally it happens, but almost never. I'm sleeping well again. I'm really strict about my sleep routine. I take magnesium supplements and I take this like magnesium cream and I make my room lovely and calm. I spoke to my GP because I was worried about it. And she said, well, try everything they've told you. And if it, she was really good. She didn't tell me to go away. She didn't tell me I was being silly, which is often what women get told. They get told that, you know, oh, you're just too young, whatever. But she said, if it's still persisting or if it comes back, then we'll, we'll, we'll see about HRT. But no, I don't feel like I need it at the moment. Everything's equalised a bit, which is great. We'll be right back after this short break. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? Yeah, so talk to us about the big conversations that you've got going on at home at the moment. So the big conversation I'm having at the moment with my 13-year-old daughter is about consent. And we had quite a funny conversation. I try not to keep, I try not to make it too heavy because it doesn't need to be. And I think, so we were talking about it quite funny right now. I said, if, if you have my full permission to swear, if she's a very good girl and she doesn't swear, unlike her mum, I said, if someone puts their hand on you anywhere on your body that you don't 
give consent to, that you don't say yes. You have my full permission to say, go fuck yourself. And I said to her, you can repeat it. Say, say it with me. And she went, no. And I said, no, I'll give you permission. It, uh, the, just, just this one time. Just this one time. And she went, no, I can't. And she couldn't say it was so sweet. So I said, we both love Austin Powers. I said, okay, well, we'll try something else. If someone puts their hand on you, even someone you've been kissing, even someone you like, a boyfriend, and it's the heat of the moment and you think you really fancy them or really like them, but they put their hand somewhere you don't want, you can say, how about no? <laughs> how about no? How about no? There's never a time in in a situation where you're romantic with someone and you're kissing a boy. At this point, she's like, don't say that, mum. Like, There's never a point which you can't say, I don't like this. How about No. So now it's a joke between us. And so we just shout at each other all the time. But how about, how about how brilliant that is? I was about to say, how about how brilliant that is? How about how amazing that is that you can have those conversations with your 13-year-old daughter? You know, as some two of us who've been 13-year-old girls before, I would have loved obviously having conversations around sex, but there was no mention or talk about consent, you know, there was no talk about orgasms. I remember getting my first orgasm at 21 and being like, what the fuck is that? Bearing in mind, I've been having sex for like a long time. <laughs> you know, so it's beautiful that you can do it. It's amazing. There was no conversation about consent. I remember boys doing things that I I was a bit like, "What? I didn't even know what was going on. They just happened. And so we've talked about... We've talked about the consent in general, but now I, I feel like I want to do a little bit more of a detailed thing about sex and what happens. I mean, most of it she'll get from her friends um, and they'll chat. But I think that, I think, I think as long as the foundation of you can say no, I didn't even realise that you could say no. No, of course not. I didn't know that either. Isn't that ridiculous that we didn't Like know? once you started snogging someone, you just had to sort of go through with it. Yeah, you just, you just... You just, you just were like a, you just sat there like an inert. Gosh, and yeah, and every, you know, you'd go to a party and you'd kiss a boy and that's basically, that was the deal. That's what happened. And I did not realise that you could say, how about no? And what was her response to it? Apart from being, like you said, maybe slightly uncomfortable. Giggled a lot. And then I let it go. These big, important conversations is that they don't happen once. They have to happen multiple times. Like with periods. My kids have both seen me change my, my tampon. You know, if they're in the bath when they're babies and you do, I've, I've tried to normalize it. I've talked about periods. And sometimes I say to my son, what's a period? And he'll be like, no, mom. I say, no, what's a period? He'll go, oh, it's when a woman bleeds. I was like, why does she bleed? And I'm like, because it's a miracle, because it's amazing. Because my body is self-cleaning. Isn't that clever? And you bleed. And it, so it's a conversation that has to go on and on and on. And even though I've talked about periods, really openly for my entire daughter's life. When she started her period, it was really embarrassing. And she, you know, she didn't really even tell me particularly. It's like, we just, so it doesn't necessarily mean if your child is embarrassed, you've done a bad job. It's just, it's good to normalize it as much as possible and have those chats as much as possible. I've got a 10 year old. My, my stepdaughter is 10. And I know now that she's having those conversations at school and she'll say to me, you know, Zozie, we had a really amazing conversation today in PSHE and we talk about it. And then I've got my six year old shouting, I know about sex. And I go, you shut up six, like you're six. Does that help the conversation? Does it help diffuse the com intensity of the conversation? Do you know what? I think because Isla 
is my stepdaughter and we have a really beautiful friendship and it's a very much a mother-daughter friendship but it's but it's different because she has an amazing mum so but I've known her since she was a baby it's she feels it's very free freeing it's a very freeing relationship and she doesn't get uncomfortable or embarrassed and in fact she says to me at the end like please can you not talk to daddy about it and I said oh is this something that I can talk to dad about or not and she was like I'd really rather you didn't come and just keep it between us and then we have a seat you know so she feels there isn't much embarrassment it's really beautiful it's not going to be the same with Luna and Kit our little our little list who I know buckle up babe have you broached subjects with her and do you have to like do you have to check with her mum first before you talk to her yeah so um she recently developed she was you know she started developing um, breast buds and you know she was like I want you to have a feel and can you check? And I said, yep, they definitely feel like breast buds. And we Googled it together. And then I put a phone call through to her mum and said, you know, you obviously have seen this because Lila told me, but just so you know, I'm across it as well. And if I can help you with everything. So I'm really trying to keep that, all of that, you know, that we're all having those. open. And also just saying to her, look, you don't have to keep stuff from your dad. Like your dad is the best person to be able to discuss anything and he can handle it and like you I'm just trying to normalize all of those conversations you know my daughter Luna went to the library and picked up I was like you can choose any book you want and she was probably five turning six at the time and she picked up of course she did the book on puberty and wanted to know and I was like of course you have okay well, let's do it let's do it then so I just try and do it in a medical way rather than uh, anything else what a lovely thing that you have that dynamic you're like um, a, a female figure who she trusts, who's in authority, but with a softness, and there's not that that the kind of the layers that maybe a mother daughter might have. That sounds like you're do, doing a fantastic job. Thank you, mate. I'm trying. Yeah, I, yeah, I can hear that you're really, really conscious of it, and I think that's the best we can do is to try and add some wisdom and thoughtfulness about how we deal with it. But that. Pff- and they change all the time. You know, you think I've got the toddler stage down, and then they change, and then I think. Right, the thirteen-year-old stage is going well, but she's gonna—you're constantly like running to catch up. Is there is there anything that you're worried about, or any any concerns that you've got about around your thirteen-year-old about maybe what she's telling you or things that she's exposed to at school? Hundred percent. So my daughter's not that open as a person, and she's um, unlike my son, who tells me everything, wants me to know everything, and is emotionally very available, and cries when he's sad, and laughs when he's happy, and just like me. I don't have, I find it very hard to keep secrets. I mean, I'll keep yours, but I can't. If someone's like, how are you? I'm like, oh, share, tell everything. Yeah. As available emotionally as it comes. <laughs> Me too. Love everyone. My son is completely like that too. My daughter's not at all. Not at all. She's an absolute closed book. I have to really make sure that we have time together doing activities. That's where she talks to me. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why I don't really have these conversations in an intense face-to-face setting. We do them, we have chats in the car or we go on a bike ride or we go paddleboarding. That's when there's stillness and quiet and no phone. And that's when she talks to me and she really opens up to me. And so I'm aware now of how to get that best conversation. So I'm worried because I do think that if something bad happened, if there was bullying, I don't think she would tell me. So I'm just having to be quite smart about that. And I'm worried because she's now, you know, she goes to, she goes out on into out into town. Into town. Uh, yeah. Town. <laughs> Do you remember going into town? Into town, yeah. Or like a, you know, Just 17 magazine, you know, a packet of those, what, those candy cigarettes. Oh my God, yes. Were they sweets? They were sweets, weren't they? Yeah, and you could eat them afterwards. And then so she goes into town with her friends and I just, I'm getting less control over her. Now I trust her and she's a lovely, gorgeous girl, but you know, I I was a teenager, you know, I am 
I'm just aware that at some stage she's gonna she's gonna be gone. And I'm just trying to make sure our relationship is as is as lovely as possible so that she loves coming home to spend time with me. Nando's and, and watching silly films and making sure she's knows that home's this really gorgeous safe space that I'm really fun, balanced and lovely to hang out with. I feel like I'm in a a really key part of making sure that she loves being at home and she doesn't, that's just nerve wracking because I feel like she's about to take off. I can tell that that is playing hugely on your mind. You can see it, but also the the awareness of like why to get it right, but also how to get it right. And, you know, it's never going to be linear, is it? It's never going to be, oh, just me and, you know, I, I sometimes look at some of my friends, I don't know if you do this, and I see the relationships that they have with their mothers. And I'm like, how did you get the balance between being a great mother, but also having this super connected relationship because mine was kind of disjointed and a little bit up and down and highs and lows. And there's definitely things that we could have got better. But I guess if you're the awareness, if you have the awareness and you have the communication with your daughter, then you can navigate anything. Absolutely. So with your relationship with your mum, how do you find that's impacted you? Because do you, do you find that you, yeah, where do you find that impacts you with your relationship with your kids? Yeah, I think it's it was that sort of desperation to have a mother rather than a best friend. Like I didn't want to have, you know, the one that was the life and soul of the party and always coming to be, you know, hanging out and being like, oh, yeah, no, you're 13. All your friends can stay over for a big sleepover and we won't come and check in on you and you can get up to what the fuck you want. I wanted somebody to set the boundaries. There was no boundaries. I mean, I went on holiday as a 14-year-old girl on a girl's holiday with two other 15-year-olds and my sister who was 16 for two weeks Oh my God, for two weeks. Yeah. And I was allowed to go. So it was that feeling of, yes, at the time you think this is the best thing in the world, but on reflection, the wheels came off way too early for me. And I was probably exposed to too much stuff too early. It's really interesting you say that. I think that's exactly, that's exactly what I don't want to do because it's, it's like you say, it feels like it's mega fun. Like I'm a fun mum, but actually children love boundaries I'm going to collect you at 4 30 and I'm there at 4 30 absolutely you know those that tone makes makes you feel safe doesn't it and I agree I growing up I had some friends who had the fun mums and I could see you know you're exposed to things that you might you weren't ready for the strict mum but then they'll go off and you know have sex in a graveyard or whatever you want them to be you want them to be safe doing it you can let them go and they go have sex in a graveyard or you can hold on tightly and they'll have sex in a graveyard so it's like holding a tiny bird in your hand and it could fly away at any time this balance of i've i'm i love you but this, these are the rules. Such a beautiful analogy. Uh, talk, talk to us ab- about your boy and, the, you know, maybe potentially maybe the differences or are they the same worries and concerns and where you are in that relationship? Oh my God, they're so different. <laughs> Look at your face. My daughter is really, she's really sporty and really matter of fact and really get on with things. And my son is very cerebral, incredibly good at maths and science. He's super smart. He can do a Rubik's Cube in the blink of an eye. Very emotionally aware. And I've t- tried really hard to talk to him about how to manage and handle emotions. Because I, I've, I've definitely learned over the years to protect myself from things that make me anxious. Like, for example, I never have never, would never Google myself because you'll find something you don't like. And I don't put, you need to create an environment where you've got good people who you feel safe with and that you manage your anxiety and you manage lots of things. So I've been, I've, I feel like I'm the right mum for him. I'm really glad that I'm his mum. Oh, that's lovely. I like, I know him so well. 
and he can sometimes get overwhelmed with emotions. And I know, I understand, I don't tell him to shut up. I don't tell him to stop crying. I just, we let the emotion move through and we sit and we breathe and we present with it. Uh, I mean, this is years of therapy and we calm ourselves and then we talk about what's happened. He's so sweet. He's, he's nine. He's got all these bunnies that he like lines up on his bed and there's like two big ones and he's so cute. He's loved. I just love him so much. There's a, there's a lot of conversation around, um, you know, kind of everywhere you look about the way that men should or boys should behave, you know, that actually we're not really celebrating emotions like anger. Um, and, you know, for me, you can't have, you know, laughter without anger. It's just how you process it and how it manifests and how you deal with it. So, you know, huge conversations obviously around consent and what boys should look, you know, look like as in, you know, strong and brave and kind and soft, but then they want to be big and tough as well, but they can't wear pink shiny wellies. It's a bit of a minefield on what you can, can and can't do. Feel, feel the same way? Sons, like how are they different? Because it's interesting because my daughter is really not that emotional and she, you know, and whereas my son is. So in fact, this idea of but they've been allowed to develop emotionally as they are naturally. I've not tried to put them in all. I think there is a stereotype that women are more emotional than men. And also the idea that, you know, men wage wars, which is based on fear and anger. Those are emotions. So please don't tell me that men are not as emotional as women. I completely agree with you. I couldn't agree with you. And you would you'd meet my son for 10 minutes and you would know that he's one of the most emotional, but they all are. And that, like you said, I think we've allowed them to develop that, that, that it's a deep ocean of emotions and you can feel one thing one minute and one thing the other. It's just how we process it together as a family. He, he's, um, he's, you know, very kind of boisterous, sort of like in inverted commas, typical boy type thing, but then is this really super caring, you know, loves a big, loves a big cry, can get quite angry. You know, we're sort of trying to deal with that side of it. And, and also, you know, that sort of, because of who his dad is and this big sort of rugby player that, yeah, rough and tough is great, but it's not like throw your fists, rough and tough, which he was doing, figuring that stuff out. But I think it's beautiful, like seeing him as such a big, strong boy to then see him really in floods of tears and feeling all of these things. I think it's, you know, it's, it's I really encourage all of it, the whole rainbow. The, the tears and the crying as a physical manifestation of those emotions. So if someone isn't, releasing in that way it's going somewhere and it's going somewhere dark and it's going to cause problems I mean when animals go through trauma they shake they shake all over and that's the same thing for us the crying is like a vibrational release so if boys are told they cannot cry it's obviously gonna go badly and that's why the male suicide rate is so high one of the reasons they're just told well you know stick it out or you can't afford to pay your mortgage and you know you're worried every day, but just you know, get on with it. Get on with it, and it's just or stop crying is the one. Like, imagine if you were crying and really wanted to have a good cry, and someone was going, "Oh, stop crying, stop crying." That's happened for generations with boys, for generations, and I don't think it happens as much now. And our son's definitely is your son Kit. Kit, yeah, great name. How old is he? Um, five. I'm hoping our sons will be emotionally available, have strength, have resilience. Because again, how do you? grow resilience and how do you manage your emotions if you know, they weren't allowed to sh if, if you couldn't feel them first so I actually think because I've because I've talked to him lots about managing anxiety and overwhelming emotions I think he'll be more resilient emotionally than someone who was told to shut up who seems resilient on the outside, but in fact is very delicate. A hundred percent. It has to work. Again, we'll see. <laughs> we'll have this conversation in 10 years. We always like to ask our guests on the podcast for the best piece of advice that they have ever been given on the piece of advice they'd given you parent or parent. Pick your battles. Get one. Very rarely gets, I very rarely get cross. 
I'm really easygoing. I'm very balanced. But when I do, everyone shits themselves because it never happens. And I will say, I hardly need to say anything. I'll say, that was really unkind. Go to bed or something like that. Oh, fuck, I'm terrified. I mean, it's terrifying. Or I count backwards and no one's ever, I go, right, three, two, everyone scuttles off. So pick the battle. Don't shout. Don't swear. Just be really cool. If someone spills something, someone spills something in the house, I don't want them to be scared. We'll just go, well, no. It's not, it's because it hasn't come from maliciousness. It's an accident in their children. And I spill things. So you lose your shoes, whatever, it's fine. Save, save the beast for when it's needed. And you've got barely need, I barely need to raise my voice. It's great. Well, that's amazing. A level in keeping cool, but really knowing, do not mess with this fucking bitch. <laughs> um, and your products, products at home that you love for you, for the kids. I really enjoyed this because I haven't had small babies and kids. So I've got a few for babies that I lo- really loved and then a few progressing as they've got older. Okay. So number one, when my kids were babies, my favorite thing was this big yummy stretchy wrap thing like a papoose like a papoose like and they would just I put them in their little heads popping out and it's a big stretchy bit of material I looked online because I've been ages since I've had to do it really brought back lovely memories um I really enjoyed the product list bit so there's one called ergo baby wrap and that's as close to the one I had yeah it's amazing gorgeous went all around town walked for miles and miles and miles because obviously you want to get I wanted to get fit again put them in there, walked all over London, just heaven, love it. Number two is, this is actually cheating because I didn't have this. It's just, I'm really jealous that it's now on the market and it's called a sleepy troll. Oh, like my husband in the mornings. (laughs) It's an auto rocker, Zoe, and you put it on the pram. It's like a little box. You put it on the pram and it rocks the pram. Oh my God, yes. I did not know it was called a sleepy troll, but that is incredible. I've seen it in shops and I sat there like... That's fucking cheating. Anyway, so that's number two. I wish I'd had it. I didn't. Um, Number three is the best backpack of all time. It's stylish. It's by a company called Tiba and Marl. Oh, I love Tiba and Marl. Yeah. Worth every penny. I still use the one now that I had when my kids were baby and I use it now just as a backpack. Still beautiful. Still gorgeous. Still great quality. Everything works. 100% worth the money most the best one okay the next one is a bit as a bit left of the traffic lights but you'll understand why a paddleboard you are obsessed with paddleboarding obsessed and it's paddleboarding season and this is why because me and my daughter go together there's no phones we go for hours it's where we have our chats there's a place called ham house and there's a car park that's free i almost don't want to tell you but it's free and so we I take the car down there we've got towels a baguette a bottle of water and we just pump it up and off we go. And we can be on there for hours. And it's it's where she and I talk, laugh, have fun, push each other in the river. We just, and also don't talk. It's a great, if you've got a teen who likes, obviously they have to enjoy it. It's just such a good thing because you can't take your phone. Phones are left in the car. And my fifth, again, it's a bit out there, but bear with me, is Deliveroo. <laughs> now you're talking. Not only do does it help when you're exhausted and it's been like my best friend and is an expensive thing, but I'd rather have delivery than clothes, if I'm honest. On a Saturday night, when, yeah, I don't know if I really mean that. And I save it, save it for special, but on a Saturday night, me and my kids 
great film. Food's on its way. Everyone's in their pajamas. And also it means you don't have to cook. Like I know that it's really great to cook and people do love it, they tell me. But I would rather just sit down with the kids and wait for it to arrive. And it is, like you said, it is a big expense and it's a treat, but it doesn't happen all the time. I I think um, doing that is as fun, if not more fun, than going out to, you know, even Pizza Express, that's, you know, when you go out, it's three times more and you and the cinema's so expensive. Whereas there's an, on a Saturday, food's on its way, film on, best thing Love ever. it. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, I feel like we've really got as much as we could out you out of you in the hour. So thank you. And really exciting stuff coming up with, with, for you with work, right? You've got loads of projects on the go. Yes, it's always exciting. I mean, there are so many things going on. I, I, I wake up and I'm like, oh, I don't even know what's going on at the moment, but it's very exciting. I feel very grateful for all of them. I know you know how that feels. Um, and thank you so much for having me. And it's been really, really fun to go down memory lane and think about the baby years because I haven't done that for a while made me feel a warmer side and feel great questions really interesting I've loved it brilliant please come back again lots of love anytime oh what an incredible episode from Zoe and Cherry I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did now I'm really looking forward to just getting back to normal and recording with my other half so um, and we're going to have a proper catch up on Friday so please do join us for that um, so we'll see you then Made by Mamas is an Insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,